Hello, my name is Lynn and I am your host of the Beauty Muse podcast, which is where we talk about anything skincare, health and wellness related, as well as the business side of beauty. I will be speaking with experts in their field and share their story behind the story to hopefully provide you with some great takeaways and newfound inspiration. If you like this podcast, please be sure to leave it a review and follow along for new episodes. Hello and welcome to the first ever episode of the Beauty Muse podcast. This is a very exciting day for me as I've been wanting to start a podcast for quite some time. I'm a podcast junkie myself and I just love to hear people's stories and I find it a great way to connect with people on a deeper level, which is also why I wanted the first episode to be a solo episode and really introduce myself to you. So hello, my name is Lune, that is L-U-N-E. I know it's a very confusing name for many people, but it actually means moon in French. Um, but I'm not French myself. I am Dutch, as you might be able to tell from my accent. I was born and raised in Amsterdam. Uh, I have three younger brothers and I launched my own skincare line called Monday Muse, which you may or may not have heard of. I was inspired to start a skincare line because of my own skin journey and my skin struggles, which I will talk about today in this episode. I have a background in hospitality business management as well as luxury brand management. So I always felt I was quite a creative person, but also like the business and economic side of things. I don't want to go into much depth today about that because I'm going to do another episode on how I launched a beauty brand or a skincare line. Um, but today is really all about my skin journey and what I did to clear up my acne, what worked, what didn't work, and perhaps you might be able to relate or you find it useful. So let's dive a little bit into my kind of early childhood because my skin conditions started when I was a child. I was always at the dermatologist office. I was one of those kids with strange rashes, eczema. Um, I remember having a period where I had this really dry thing around my mouth. I don't even know what it was, but it was so painful. I remember sitting in class, really wanting to go home, put the cream on and I just obviously couldn't, that was not a valid reason to go home. So I, um, yeah, it, it was really um, kind of a weak spot for me. And then when I was a teen, it kind of got worse because as a teenager, you just, you know, you're, you're going to go through hormonal imbalances or ups and downs with your hormones, which can result into breakouts. So I was definitely a spotty teenager, which is totally fine. Um, I also remember having something, I even now I don't know what it is. Uh, I think it was some sort of dermatitis, but I used um, a skincare brand. I don't want to name the name, but uh, at 14 years old, it was kind of the first product that I ever put on my face. And I just flared up the next day my skin was so red and angry and kind of almost thickened a little bit it was very strange so my dermatologist tested me on um, different things to find out what the cause was 
and the only thing they could find was a fragrance sensitivity. So I've always been very careful with fragrance, but I still don't think that that was the root cause, just the fragrance in the skincare. But it's just an example of many and shows kind of how delicate my skin is and always has been. And then throughout my, you know, teenage years, the acne continued. Um, but then at some point, I felt like I was in the clear for a few years. When I was about 17, 18, a couple years there, I was living my best life. At least my skin was living its best life. I had no breakouts. I had no care in the world. All was good until I pretty much turned 21. And that was very heartbreaking because I really thought, you know, I had left this stage behind me, but I, you know, came to realize that it was quite normal to deal with skin conditions. And if you are someone that's prone to skin conditions like acne or eczema, rosacea, etc., you'll probably deal with that for the rest of your life. And, you know, it just is what it is. But around the time that I turned 21, out of the blue, my skin, what started off with a rash, then turned into small bumps, then turned into cysts. My skin was so inflamed, again, super angry with me, and it was the worst my acne had ever been. And this whole journey was going to take me about three and a half years, which I didn't know at the time, of course. I just thought, you know, I'll buy a little cream or go see a facialist and my skin will be fine. But that's not really how it works. So at some point I went back to my dermatologist and he sat me down and he said, okay, you have acne, diagnosed me with it and put me on a protocol. So what they usually do is that there are like 10 steps and they start off with kind of like the milder treatments and then work their way up to Accutane. That's kind of like the uh, final stage of, of what dermatologists do to treat your skin. I can't speak for, you know, every dermatologist out there, but that's just how mine worked. So I started off with creams like benzoyl peroxide, which didn't really do that much. Maybe they would have done more if I had a good skincare routine to follow it up with, but I've I didn't have a good skincare routine at the time. I didn't understand skincare. So I just bought every anti-acne product I could find and scrubs and it was probably way too much for my skin. But anyway, I kind of went up the protocol list, was on antibiotics for a while as well, minocycline, doxycycline, and that helped. But the problem is then after a few months, it came back. So it, it was just it wasn't again treating the root cause it was just kind of making the problem go away for a bit and then my acne would come back so eventually my dermatologist said we need to put you on Accutane. Accutane for those who don't know is a pretty strong medication you for example have to be on the pill as a woman because if you were to get pregnant your baby has um, a high chance of having birth defects. So that's just a little example to show you how kind of intense this medication is. I do think it 
it is a great option for people who want that and um, I'm not judging anyone who 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 tries that out at all I think sometimes the skin is so inflamed and severe that there's no other way but I don't know why for what reason but it just didn't feel like the right option so I really wanted to look for an alternative way so I started doing a lot of research I read all the blogs watched tons and tons of YouTube videos um, I just you know tried everything every DIY method and then found some great naturopaths and dietitians nutritionists that I spoke with that individually all kind of helped me push my skin in the right direction there was not really one pivotal thing that changed my skin uh, overnight it's just it's just not how the skin works but I did come to realize that a lot of the time when your skin is inflamed it is usually a kind of response to an imbalance of what is happening inside of your body and that was a very big kind of revelation I don't know why I didn't connect that earlier but to me skin on the outside was had nothing to do with what was happening on the inside so when I started to realize that you know these symptoms were of something else happening inside of my body things started to fall into place for me personally the biggest connection that I made was between my skin and my gut so I am a person that has struggled with digestive issues all my life I've been diagnosed with IBS as well so uh, I knew that I had you know this was a weak spot as well but I just never again connected it to my skin and there's a very strong connection actually between skin health and gut health so I was talking with a nutritionist and she told me about probiotics and now looking back on it I feel like I can categorize the things that worked for me into three parts so that's diet supplements and skincare so let's start with diet because it's quite interesting to me because on the one hand I didn't really think that what I ate was impacting my skin that much and I still to this day that I believe I can eat anything I want and I don't need to completely restrict myself because I'm not allergic to any certain type of foods I'm just a bit more sensitive when I overeat certain types of food and funny enough it's usually the foods that trigger my gut that are the same foods that trigger my skin so again it, it it's all connected and now I'm sure you're wondering or thinking come on tell me which foods exactly but it's not that simple I discovered a few years ago that there is a diet called FODMAP, F-O-D-M-A-P. And it's a diet, but not in the sense of losing weight. It's just a certain way of eating. So especially if you're someone with, um, you know, digestive issues or IBS, this is a very interesting diet to take a look at because basically they have found these certain ingredients within a lot of foods, healthy foods, that easily ferment in the intestine which is why it can trigger the gut or you know trigger bloating or discomfort for some people I would recommend if you're interested to 
reach out to a dietitian or a nutritionist because it is quite a complex, not that complex, but a little bit difficult to understand really what your triggers are because every letter stands for a list of this particular ingredients that are in these foods. And you have to kind of eliminate every week those foods until you find out which ones you are um, more sensitive to. So it's going to take a bit of time, but when I looked at the list like overall and examples of fruits, vegetables, and all the foods that were on this list, I was amazed because this was pretty much 70% of my diet at the time. So things like garlic, onion, avocado, these things were all on the list and I ate on a regular basis, sometimes, you know, twice a day if it was avocado. So um, I had to really assess what I ate and my diet and I still eat avocados and I eat everything on that list. I just really limit the consumption and I think about when I eat it. So I don't opt for it twice or three times a day. I might eat it once a day and then the next day I avoid it or skip it. And this really just helps me feel good within my body because nothing is worse than feeling bloated and feeling, you know, like you're not yourself within you. And in addition to this, I've also seen my skin improve. So diet and kind of assessing my diet as a whole really, really helped me. Then the next thing I want to touch upon are supplements. And I think the reason they worked so well is because, again, it goes back to uh, an imbalance that you have within your body. So I particularly found two things very beneficial, no, three things. I really saw a great improvement with um, fish oil and zinc. And these are also supplements that are known to, to help with conditions like acne, or at least with the skin. But the biggest one was the probiotics that I mentioned earlier. They have really made such a big difference in my skin and I'd still take them to this day. So if you don't know what probiotics are, basically our gut has um, you know, healthy, friendly bacteria that we need to thrive. When we take certain medications or have a lot of stress, we lose some of these good bacteria. And I think for me, because I took so many antibiotics over the years, it basically flushes out all the bad bacteria, but also some of the good ones. So um, by adding a probiotic supplement, I was really able to balance balance out my, my, my gut. Um, and I do think it's important to say that you have to find a good brand and a good quality probiotic group because I had taken them in the past and they didn't work for me. So when I spoke to that nutritionist, I said, look, probiotics, I don't, I don't know about this. It's, it's never really done anything for me. But she said, no, I'm going to put you on a particular strain. There are certain strains, apparently, I didn't know that either, but there are certain strains that are particularly beneficial for acne. The particular strain she put me on, it's from a brand called Cetoplan, which is one of my favorite supplement brands anyway, but it's called Saccharides boulardii. 
So I know I'm butchering that name, but there's no other way to say it. All these strains have very kind of weird Latin names, I suppose. So just type it into Google and I'm sure something will pop up. Another brand I really like, which another doctor recommended to me, is called Alflorex. So A-L-F-L-O-R-E-X. And then in general, I'm a big fan of the brand Solgar. Again, I've tried so many supplements over the years. And if you don't use a reputable brand, it's, it's just not going to do much for you. I could go on and on about probiotics for a very long time. But I'm going to schedule an interview with an expert, someone who is a nutritionist or a dietitian. Um, so stay tuned for more on that in the future. But now I want to move into the final point, which is skincare. You can have all the best supplements in the world and have the greatest diet. But if your skincare does not agree with your skin, it's still going to cause problems. You're still going to deal with your skin issues. So this is obviously a topic very close to my own heart because I started my own skincare line and I feel like I know so much about, you know, what ingredients are important and how to formulate products. Um, you may or may not know, but I have a diploma in skincare formulating, which I got after my master's degree to really educate myself and understand how, you know, the chemistry behind the products and ingredients, ingredient sourcing. But more on that on another episode. Right now, I just want to tell you about the skincare products uh, that worked for me, uh, the ingredients that didn't work for me, and just how to create a balanced skincare routine. Because the first thing I have to say is that you have to keep your routine simple. Less is more, 100%. And this was a big mistake I made in the beginning because, of course, when you deal with something that's so personal and makes you feel so insecure, you want to fix it immediately. So I would run to the store, buy every anti-acne product on the shelf, which um, which is just not the best idea. And I'll tell you why. First of all, if every product in your routine is targeted towards acne, every step is going to have active ingredients that, you know, can help the acne. But if it's in every single step of your routine, you might be overdoing it, which was in my case, exactly what was happening. You know, my cleanser was acne for acne prone skin, my toner, my serum, moisturizer, everything um, combined, the routine as a whole was too strong. So find the balance in your routine. It's very important. And if you use something that is targeted towards your skin condition, over the counter, prescription, whatever it is, make sure you add moisture back into your skin. Make sure you get the hydration because every skin needs this anyway to for you know optimal skin health. And you just want to be careful about stripping the skin too much. Again, when we're dealing with skin issues and we want to fix it immediately, we tend to go a little overboard. So I was over cleansing, I was over exfoliating way too much. I would probably exfoliate every day and that's just not where it's at. Twice a week, maybe three times a week is generally what's recommended. So 
what was happening was that my skin wasn't able to repair and really heal because I was just adding one you know intense ingredient after the other on it so it it never got time to breathe and repair and just regenerate itself another thing I want to touch upon is don't switch your products too soon of course if you use a product and you get an immediate reaction stop using it that's a given but when you use a, a product and you don't see a result within a few days give it a little bit more time the product needs some time to adjust to your skin and also skin conditions take time to to heal our skin is you know my conditions at least were very stubborn things like hyperpigmentation acne it just doesn't go away overnight so don't expect the product to do the same thing unfortunately there's a lot of brands out there that over promise and under deliver or just the marketing makes it seem that this is going to be the miracle product but let me tell you the miracle product does not exist it's a myth um, again because it takes a long time for your skin to actually heal and as frustrating as that is trust me I've been there you're just gonna have to make peace that this is your skin right now and trust the process it is just going to be a phase in your life mine lasted three and a half years yours doesn't have to last that long trust me I could have fixed my skin a lot earlier had I been more informed but yeah don't be discouraged and feel like you have to limit your life just because of your skin and acne I used to do that myself and in hindsight it was just not worth all that stress about my skin and it's quite common to deal with skin conditions I read a study that said that this was in 2019 that 43% of 30 to 40 year olds deal with some form of acne and 63% of 20 to 30 year olds deal with some form of acne so what does that tell us it tells us that this is normal you're not the only one a lot of people go through this and it's okay and this ties into kind of the last point that I want to make on skincare is be gentle I think we tend to punish ourselves a little bit and punish our skin for not being healthy and glowy and dewy so we try to use a lot of ingredients on it and again it just has the opposite effect so be gentle you can really find great effective products that are very kind to the skin and our skin barrier and I'm just a big believer of gentle skincare I've seen the results on my own skin I see the results on other people's skin and yeah just uh, just be easy on your skin and if you don't really know what to do where to start I always recommend seeing a good facialist especially certain treatments can really help with stubborn you know scarring acne etc so things that worked for me is microdermabrasion uh, this treatment is kind of funny because it it's kind of these crystals that move over your skin to help with dead skin buildup and it almost feels like sandpaper is moving over your face but I have seen you know the, the uh, great results from this I also love LED light therapy this is something I still do to this day 
It's actually discovered, um, was discovered by NASA. They wanted to use it in space, but they then discovered it could also be a cosmetic procedure. It's not painful at all. You just lay under this LED lamp. So it can either be blue light or red light, depending on your skin needs. I think red is more anti-aging and blue is more for acne and kind of calming down the skin. So I still like to do this as well to this day. Um, and yeah, those are kind of my two go-to treatments in case you're interested. Now that we've covered sort of the approach to take to skincare, I want to talk a little bit more about ingredients because certain ingredients have done wonders for my skin, whilst others have, I don't want to say destroyed, but have not helped my skin at all. So first of all, I want to talk about DIY do-it-yourself products, ingredients, whatever. I tried it all. The honey masks, the yogurt, the avocados, the lemons, apple cider vinegar, you name it, I've tried it. And it's just frankly a waste of time. There's a reason that people, you know, cosmetic chemists create skincare. And um, yeah, it's, it's just never worked for me at least. The next thing is SLS. So SLS stands for sodium lauryl sulfate. Sulfates are surfactants or cleansing agents that you find in a lot of cleansers or shampoos and a lot of hand wash as well, actually. And this cleansing agent is just way too stripping. I don't think anyone should be using this on their face, but in particular for me, my skin is on the sensitive acne prone side and it just had such a bad effect on my skin. It always felt so tight. My Now in hindsight, I could tell my skin barrier was really every time being stripped a little bit more when I was using these cleansers. The SLS usually also has this foaming effect. So if you have like a very foamy face wash, look at the ingredients and see if it contains sodium lauryl sulfate. And just in general, I stay away from foaming cleansers. I very often find them to be too stripping. So yeah. Then the next thing is clay masks. I know they are like a very popular remedy for acne, but again, I find them way too harsh for my skin. And I always found my skin breaking out massively or just being very irritated afterwards. So most clay masks that I've tried again, were just not not working, had the opposite effect, was too harsh. Another thing as very popular is called tea tree oil. So I used to put pure tea tree oil all over my face. And if you've done it, you know how bad it smells. The scent is just so strong. And even though it has antibacterial properties, it's also an essential oil, meaning it's a fragrance. So I, yeah, I tried this many times on pimples and on my face. Again, it's, it's just not something that my skin agrees with. And I think there's other ingredients out there that have, you know, antibacterial properties. For example, I love, love, love um, black cumin seed oil. It's also known as black seed oil. It's in both of the Monday Muse products. And I love it because it naturally contains um, antibacterial properties from a compound called thymoquinone. So I feel like you get all the benefits without the potentially 
irritating aspect of the fragrance. So now let's move into some ingredients that my skin loves and that have really benefited my skin. First of all, I think in the, since we're on the topic of plant oils, plant oils have done amazing things for my skin. And I know it's a bit counterintuitive because, you know, when your skin is already oily or has clogged pores, you think, why the heck would I put an oil on that? But it's interesting because the science tells us that um, first of all, not every plant oil is going to be clogging. There's lots and lots of plant oils that are very lightweight on the skin. But also, it's been shown that acne-prone skin often lacks uh, omega-6 fatty acids, which is obviously found in plant oils. Uh, you know, any oil contains omega fatty acids. But in particular, the omega-6 fatty acids, also known as linoleic acid, can really help acne prone skin because we, I guess, naturally lack this a little bit and it's not made by the body. So we need to kind of supplement with it or apply it, you know, directly to our face. So yeah, this is one of my favorite ingredients. And um, I'd, I had been trying to use only oil-free products for years. And uh, when I started to, when I got the courage to finally start using an oil um, yeah, it really helped my skin. So again, the black cumin seed oil is great. Rosehip seed oil. I like pumpkin seed oil as well. Um, these are all in our oil blend, of course. But um, yeah, go check it out if you're interested. But no pressure, of course. The next ingredient that I want to touch upon is niacinamide, also known as vitamin B3. This is such a great ingredient and honestly I would recommend this for any skin type because it has so many benefits. It is for example known to uh, stimulate collagen production so it's kind of an anti-aging ingredient uh, if you will. It also helps with um, controlling oil production so again it can uh, help if you are oily, acne-prone, clogged pores, etc. Not so much with clogged pores, I would exfoliate with clogged pores, but um, yeah, it also helps with discoloration of the skin, so helps again with kind of fading the acne mark afterwards, and it's one of the ingredients that really, yeah, that I definitely saw a big improvement with. And lastly, I want to touch upon exfoliants, because I do think it's important to exfoliate the skin, especially if you deal with clogged pores, texture, etc., acne. One of my favorite ingredients now are to use enzymes because they're a more gentle way, but I also really liked using salicylic acid. I know the Paula's Choice 2% BHA solution is very popular. BHA is the same thing as salicylic acid. It's a little confusing sometimes, all these different like words and terminology but yeah i think salicylic acid is is um again it's an exfoliant so don't overuse it but if you have those concerns it, it was a very beneficial ingredient for me and um, i still sometimes use it if if my skin is freaking out a little bit i think we're coming towards the end of the podcast because i didn't want to make an episode that was too long or too confusing if you liked it, let me know. If you have any feedback or questions, please don't hesitate to get in touch. 
new episodes will come soon. I am going to record another episode about um, my skincare brand and how I launched it. I also think it would be fun to do an episode on my favorite books and resources that I use for my business. But again, if you have any uh, suggestions, I'm very open. And again, thank you so much for tuning in and we'll see you soon.